This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. Welcome to the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. You're with Nicole Taylor. Orange is known as the colour city and that reputation is partly due to the beautiful trees in the area. And there's been some strong community sentiment this week over a proposal to remove trees in Anson Street. In this week's episode, we investigate how council is getting in early when it comes to the southern feeder road, where there will be a loss of trees before that road is constructed. Council wants to make sure the genetic stock of those trees is saved. Stay tuned to find out exactly how that can be done. But first, Council wants to build a $25 million sporting precinct next to Sir Jack Brabham Park, which involves the proposed removal of 513 trees and replacing them. That development application, it went on show for community comment this week, is the first stage in the process, and the community can have their say on that DA by checking it out at the front desk of the Council building or going online. Director of Community Services Scott Maunder explains why the tree removal is the first stage of the project getting planning assessment. We're seeking approval for the creation of the site and that involves the removal of the existing trees on that site and some shrubbery. There's about 500 trees to be removed. We haven't determined the final number yet. Are most of those trees alongside Jack Babham Park or close to the hospital? Uh, most well, the the precinct itself is adjoins Jack Brabham Park, so we're separated from the hospital. Uh, the trees that we remove, we will look to replace as much as we can on site, but also across uh, the Orange LGA. What happened on that site before? What what was there? What's there now? So if we go back through, uh, go back over time, it was a clear paddock uh, over the last hundred years. Clear paddock. It was an airport. Uh, and then it was open space, and then in the early 80s, they, another nine holes was created to the existing nine holes next to the hospital. So lots of trees were planted to, to delineate those new fairways? Essentially, the trees run along the holes that were created, yes. So are we talking ancient forest here? No. There are about 50 uh, old-growth trees on that site, the remnant gums, for example, and we're looking to retain as most of those as possible. Some of those will have to go because they are in the middle of the the proposed sporting fields, but a lot are on the periphery, and so where we can, we'll retain them. There's been some community reaction about this plan already. Some of it has suggested when I look out the window of my hospital ward, I want to be able to see trees. Are the trees right alongside the hospital affected by this proposal? Not at all. So what you see out of the hospital now, you will continue to see. Uh, these, these are, these are the, the fields adjoining existing Brabham, so some distance away from the hospital. The DA is now on public exhibition for community comment. That goes through till February. Um, does that, Doc, would, if someone wants to find out some more, will that give them a, a better understanding of what's actually planned if they go on side to the, the website and have a look? Absolutely. There's an extensive plan. Uh, Colin Bowers actually did the biodiversity uh, assessment for the de- for the proposed development on through our consultants, uh, and that lists all the species types and locations. It gives you a, a, a concept plan for what's being proposed, uh, and then what we will do in the future and all those different impacts. What's the timeline for making a decision on this first stage of the DA? So the exhibition will close early Feb. 
Uh, it will then go, all those comments that we receive, positive and, and objections, will go to Heritage because it is within the, the Heritage curtilage. Heritage then have three weeks to assess uh, those comments and provide their view. Uh, and so I can't see it coming back to Council before early March. We are, though, working with Heritage already. We have a meeting with Heritage next week to, to look at the, the design and see what, which ways we can tweak it, if possible, to, to retain some of the trees. You've had some pre-lodgement conversations with the Heritage authorities in New South Wales. As, as, as a result of that, are there any been any tweaks so far? So we did, and we, we did an initial presentation to the Heritage Council, which will be the determining body for our application. Uh, and they wanted us to look at where we actually located the stadium for the, the main stadium on adjoining Forest Road. Uh, and so we've tweaked the design a bit to push that a little bit further north and to pull that away from the entrance, uh, that existing entrance through through the middle of, of the, the precinct. This will all be for the first stage of the DA, the preparing of the site, removing of trees. Because it's a $25 million project, who gets to make the final decision about when it comes to grandstands and other designs for the DA? So that'll initially go to council, uh, but anything over $5 million will go to the JRPP. So uh, they, will, they will make the ultimate decision on it. It will come in different stages and we will overlap the projects. So we'll look to progress the athletics precinct uh, first, uh, along with the, with the multi-purpose fields, and then the main stadium will, will be the last DA that will go before council. As these things have been discussed in recent weeks, people look back to an earlier um, proposal for this new sporting precinct to put it on a bypass, on a greenfield site. What are the strengths and weaknesses of greenfields compared to a, a site right along St Jack Brabham? So every site has restraint, constraints rather. Um, so that was the only size that was available to us at the time because the golf course was still being actively used. Uh, and then with the amalgamation uh, that went through with Wentworth, that, that site uh, was no longer used as a golf course. So that made that site available. When we, prior to that, and if that hadn't become available, the Northern Distributor site would have been the site we chose. But we know there's some geography challenges with that site. There's also some power access. So we were looking in, in the range of $10 million worth of infrastructure to get that site ready. Which cuts down on the amount you can spend on a stadium. So that's all the preparation stuff. And then before we can spend on our facilities, whereas Brabham, and then you'd have two sites, whereas the adjoining existing Brabham, there's a whole lot of economies around one site for a sports precinct, but also lots of savings in that the front end costs are much reduced. Later on in the new year, Orange again will host a round of the under-14 state rugby championships. That's the sort of thing that Orange is, lots of people are coming to Orange for. Well, having a, a big sporting precinct alongside the existing sports fields help to attract a major tournament like that? Absolutely. We, we, do, we do seek out junior sporting events uh, along with the Premier with premier events as well so this facility will let us do both we have cricket for two weeks every year for junior events uh, and that that involves providing six fields uh, grass turf pitches uh, and we spread those out across orange now this development will let us do that in one spot so that makes the whole event much easier to run but also events like touch footy championships we've been unable to hold the major ones uh, because they want them in, they want them in one site rather than split over two sites. So those sorts of things will let us attract that, and obviously world class athletics and and main sports precinct will let us attract uh, different will, different events that we haven't been able to look at in the past. We're still at the planning approval project. How long before there are shovels in the ground? So we'll overlap a few of our processes. We know what we would like to do. 
uh, we'll, we'll go to market uh, early next year to get some costings in and get ready for for some, some works to be conducted on that site. Uh, it, we know that what will come back as an approval will be slightly different to what we've gone to market with, but that's okay. We can just adjust that. So as soon as we get approvals, uh, assuming that we do, uh, we'll, sit, we'll commence works more or less straight away, so I'd imagine early March. Director of Community Services, Scott Maunder. The next stage of Orange's southern feeder road will head west from Anson Street, but on the planned route is some native bushland. Rather than simply cutting down the trees to build the road, Council is getting in early by collecting seeds. Communications team member Olivia Sargent has the story. Bill Josh of Habitat Connect is running a project to harvest seeds from native trees to the south of the city. A number of trees will be removed to make way for Stage 4 of the Southern Feeder Road, which will run from the southern end of Anson Street up to Pinnacle Road. Orange City Council has contracted Mr Josh to propagate the seeds, so once the road is finished, native tube stock can be planted back in the area. Um, mostly we're taking, targeting the local scribbly gums or eucalyptus rossii. Uh, Eucalyptus viminalis and Eucalyptus bridgesiana. The scriblies would be a threatened species, not endangered, but just a threatened species in their local area. There is there is a couple of stands between here and uh, Victoria. It's a long process, one that Mr Josh has done many times in his 20 years as a horticulturalist. I start off with just a survey of the area, just to identify the trees that have got a bit of seed on them, like... Closer to the ground, the better, of course. So there's a lot of big trees in this area, so I'm just trying to find the ones with the lower limbs. You don't have to do any climbing or cutting down limbs. You can just go and collect it off the ground before they open up. I take them back to the nursery and we just put them in uh, calico bags. We take the little limbs off, put them in calico bags or something breathable. I sort of leave them out of the sun. I just put them in the shed for a few weeks until they open up slowly. Yeah, save them in a nice native seed raising mix and hopefully in 10 to 14 days they'll be poking through. To prick them out of the seed raising trays I'll probably leave them three to four months, maybe more, sometimes six months. Depends on how vigorous they are. Some, like some are different to others. Snow gums are a lot slower than black gums and things like that. Yeah, yellow box are a lot slower than the rest. So depending, once they, once they get past their two cotyledons, which are the first little leaves, they're not sort of true leaves. Once they get past that stage they'll have a good root on them and you can prick them out and put them into two inch tubes and they're designed so the roots will go straight to the bottom and you air prune them so the roots don't go around and around the pot and they get root bound. These will just sit there being air pruned and when you plant them out in 9 to 12 months they should be good. Some of these endemic species are part of an ecologically endangered community which means they're at risk of decline or even extinction. So not only is the project about replacing the trees that were removed, but also about increasing the number of native trees in the area in the future. Orange Council have specified 100 advanced tube stock, but we are collecting more seed to store for future projects. So scribbly gum grows at a certain elevation above sea level, and that's why there's only a little patch of them there, and there's a patch at Eves Lane and a patch at Victoria. They seem to be all around that 800 to 900 metres. Tree enthusiast Bill Josh. Now, with a wrap up of the week, here's Orange City Council's CEO Dave Waddell. 
Alan, I don't think there's anything else to talk about other than trees. It was a tree-dominated week. It was. And uh, it's funny, actually, just before I saw Bill Josh, who's a, a, a guy who helps us out collecting um, eucalyptus seeds out near the southern feeder road, feeder road um, route. Collecting eucalyptus seeds out near the southern feeder route um, because we have to knock a couple of trees down. So trees, yes, we had a really, really, I think, constructive forum on Tuesday night. 50 or so ratepayers came along. Very strong message. If you can save the trees, save them. Um, and we got some really good ideas out of that. And we will not down tools. We'll just take a deep breath and start looking at all the options um, we can. Some were suggested on the night. Um, you know, our job's to work with the community, not against the community. Of course, the other tree story for the week is the lodgement of the Bloomfield DA, which sees a, a, a large number, mainly radiata pines coming down, down near Bloomfield. And I'm sure that'll, that'll, that'll garner a lot of interest. I don't know, Al, what do you think? I mean, you know, our job as staff is to, is to put detail and facts before our council. The fact of Ansem was that if we do keep the trees, it's going to cost us a, a lot of money. We need to go through that process, put it to council, let them make the decision. But I did enjoy the night, Alan. Is it good to see community residents passionate about a topic like trees? Oh, my word. I mean, our hardest, hardest thing usually is getting the community interest in the myriad things we do. So to actually have 50 in the chamber is actually quite exciting because you're really, really properly emotionally engaging with the community. Yeah, I don't, don't mind it at all. It's actually... It's really positive because then you get ownership if you get it right and away you go. Future City is going to go for three or four years. So, you know, we need to keep engaging, keep engaging. We'll probably go a little bit slower on answer now and try to look at those alternatives. We'll swing to McNamara Street between Summer and Kite. We'll look at Lords and Bing Street out the front, front of council and, and on we go. And there's a lot in those projects, McNamara is an example, for people to get excited about. It's going to transform the place. Yeah, and, and on the subject, let's stick to trees, we'll probably have 15 new trees in there. So, you know, there the will be winds, don't worry. There will be tree winds. We're also working on Matthews Park at the moment, looking at new playground there, n- night lights going in, some great stuff going on. On a, on a sadder note, this week we saw a former mayor of Orange, someone who'd been a, a stalwart of the community for many years, Tim Sullivan, his passing. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, I've never met Tim Sullivan, um, but I hear such great things about him. Did you ever meet there Tim? There were some lovely stories. He he was a, a mayor of Orange for many years. He I talked to one of our councillors, Councillor Glenn Taylor, for whom he was a, a mentor in, in how to work in local government. He remembers um, a, a state by-election where a long-serving National Party member um, retired, was, was stepping down, Gary West, who's still in town, and he remembers... Um, Tim Sullivan, a stalwart of the Labor Party, his dad was a shearer, being told by the pundits, no, you've got no chance. And he took the Labor um, vote within 2% of winning. You know, so it's it's, it's a lovely and and continued to have all sorts of community involvements uh, right up until his death. Yeah. Well, Orange is one of those towns, isn't it? You can't tell Orange how to vote. It'll make its own mind up. So, yeah. Anyway, Christmas gets closer, Al. Thanks for joining us this week for the podcast. Until next time.